Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way, our Southridge member podcast, helping everyone uh, get some inside scoops of uh, what's going on in our church these days. Uh, I'm joined today by our uh, Director of Finance and HR, Kathy Van Driel. Kath, say hi to everybody. Hi everyone. Uh, first things first, this is your first time here, so welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And uh, help orient uh, those of us from across our locations who might not know you or be familiar with your story. Uh, just a little bit first off on your uh, personal background, where you've come from, how you landed here, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So I'm born and raised in Niagara, and I've also had the privilege of growing up in this church community since the beginning back in the 80s. So I'm a lifer in that regard around Southridge. And I'm married to Dave, and this past November we celebrated 10 years of marriage. We live in Pelham on a small hobby, hobby farm with our dog Harley and many chickens. Dave raises chickens as a hobby, which is a thing that I learned um, when I got to know him. So that's what we do out there in Pelham. And we attend the well and location. He doesn't just raise chickens. He like goes to show chicken. That's right. Oh, yeah. Contests. Yeah, he's that's he's a, a licensed judge. That's true. He yeah, a, he does that. He is an expert in chickens. So yes, yes. You become an expert in chickens, too. For sure. Hey, what some might not know is it's actually your family that was the reason that our family ended up at this church. Uh, right. Yeah, my that's parents, true. Uh, my parents both worked, and when we had moved out into the west end of uh, St. Catharines, my parents had bought a hobby grape farm, and uh, the school bus couldn't drop us off at home, and so my mom had arranged childcare after school, and uh, I don't know how they got to know each other, but kind of because of the kids, right? right. You were the same age as my sister. Yep. My brother and uh, your sister were similar ages, and then your brother and, and myself were the same age, and so it kind of worked where we got dropped off uh, by the school bus at your place. I just remember years of playing road hockey in your basement while right. you guys, you know, with my sister did whatever you did upstairs, and uh, one thing led to another. Eventually, you guys invited us to your church, and all of our school friends were there, and we wanted to go to that church right. instead of the yeah. one that we've been growing up in, so... Uh, Kathy's family, uh, in so many ways has been, uh, instrumental in mine and my family's, uh, spiritual development and, and, uh, our life here at, at, uh, at Southridge and formerly at Fairview Louth. So cool, uh, cool history anyways. Um, you haven't just been married for a long time. Uh, you've been on staff for a long time. Yes. And, uh, so talk about how the staff transition happened in your case. Yeah. So it's about 13 years ago around now, July 1st, it'll be 13 years that I've officially been on staff. Um, the director of finance at the time was transitioning out of their position. So Lisa, who was on staff, then approached me and asked if I would consider applying for the position. And having grown up in the church and volunteering a lot, I honestly never thought of the idea of being on church staff. That had never been something that I had even you, thought about. You never wished for. <laughs> no, I never aspired. So um, anyway, so after uh, she took me out for lunch and we chatted about that, then even thinking about it and thinking about my gifts and skills and my experience at the time I was working at a not-for-profit Tabor Manor in the finance department so figured I had a little bit of experience in that world that would maybe be helpful transitioning into this one and the thing that kind of sealed the decision for me in many ways was just my passion I guess and love for the local church our local church Southridge and just thought if I could use those skills and those like practical giftings that I have to contribute to what God is doing around here, um, I decided to say yes. I'm not exactly a front and center type of person. I enjoy being behind the scenes and doing practical things. So I thought if my gifts could help contribute, um, then I went for it. So that's yeah, and coming out of, I mean, like you said, uh, you'd worked 
in a ministry, uh, mm-hmm. in a finance world. And uh, before that you'd uh, have been part of a family business and yep. were kind of in the finance world there. So you'd brought, you know, some, some background and some expertise there. And, uh, guys, it's that simple. Uh, so often when, when people end up on our staff, it's just wanting to give the best of themselves to what they believe matters most in the world. And it's, it's a lot of what unifies us around here, which is very cool. Uh, I introduced you as the director of finance and HR. I don't know if people are aware of that uh, second part. Most people will know you as the signature on donations, right. receipts, and you know things like that. Uh, tell us just a little bit about this, the current position and how this dynamic works. Yeah, so when I would have first started, we would have been a one-site church and the shelter was a year old. And so at that time it was mostly salary staff. So the HR aspect was really quite limited because it was long time staff and just not a lot of transitions and things like that. So yeah, a lot of payroll kinds of things, right? It was much yeah. more like payroll administration kind of more. So at that time, um, but uh, these days, just with a lot of things that are going on, now we're three sites with the shelter and the jam company and things like that. There's just a lot of and even legislation, we're like considered a small business, like a small employer by the government. So legislation, even things like health and safety committees and all those things that would apply to other employers in Ontario and Canada apply to us. So I'm involved in doing a lot of that stuff and just working together with other folks around here to make sure we're in line with those types of things in that regard um, and hoping to bring some training and just things like that that are required even each year or as staff join the team just to make sure people are oriented of what it means to be on staff here yeah, and things the like onboarding that boarding process yeah you know, things like that so there, there's quite a bit there that again in a behind the scenes way people probably have very little idea uh, is something that you quarterback and take responsibility for it's actually that uh, kind of hr side that we want to talk about in the podcast today but before we do given that you're the one person who like knows everything about finances and you know, we say that uh, around here, uh, we give in confidence. So none of us have any idea how people give or who gives what or whatever, except you. That's you have true. the yes. Pandora's box of, yes. of all knowledge. Uh, anything in just a, a kind of general way that you would like to say while we have a shot just about church finances and giving, giving trends, things like that. Sure. Yeah. I actually love to talk about this stuff and love to help support people in the ways that they want to give. So that part of my role, we're always trying to look for ways to do that. And um, through we've added some like online things through credit cards or automatic giving. And in the fall, we're excited to launch um, e-transfer donation. That's something that we're working towards that just to allow people to give in ways that they actually do in their regular finances. A lot of people don't even own checks anymore so just to be able to provide ways that support people in that and with our in the last few weeks our uh, year over year giving has been lagging a bit so even hoping just making it more convenient for people in the ways that they do finance because sometimes you don't remember to bring your checkbook on a Sunday morning and then by the time you get home you're like oh you forgot and just it's not part of your rhythm so we're just trying to make it really helpful so that people can be faithful in the ways that they want to to give to God and what he's doing around here. And uh, I mean, this came actually cool story that this came through the suggestion or the recommendation of a church member. Yeah, they, for sure. they, had, they had approached us and said, hey, you know, I'm doing e-transfer for pretty much everything. I understand that you can do this for organizations now and do this for nonprofits. Would you be able to do this as a church? We'd never known or we looked into of- it a few years ago and it wasn't really that accessible at the time. So then I just not heard about it that it had come accessible now so this person brought it to our attention which is great we love those suggestions yeah so So, uh again in a behind the scenes way kind of responding to the suggestions of uh our members input terrific really cool to see so 
let's get into the conversation today because you have been helping quarterback the logistics of this BCWI uh, volunteer engagement survey. And uh, we've gone through the process now of uh, conducting the survey, receiving the results, and walking through a, a debrief with a consultant from BCWI. And uh, for those of you members uh, who received the email about this podcast, we also attached a PowerPoint presentation for you to follow along. And uh, we're going to kind of walk through this today as a bit of a public debrief. This is kind of a a review of the debrief that we had with the the consultant. Took about an hour and a half. This one won't take that long, but uh, it'll give you some high level stuff to think about in uh, a very transparent way. These are just kind of the raw results, good, bad and ugly uh, of the BC. CWI volunteerism uh, debrief that we just conducted. So uh, starting on slide two, uh, Kathy, walk us through just the the basic participation summary and and kind of the, the, the basics of how this survey landed. So we sent out uh, like 1,270 surveys for that was so various roles that people served and that was around 860 people who received this email. And our response back was 426, which is 34% of everybody that every role that received an uh, invitation. And the target that they hope for is usually 30 to 40%. So we were right in that range, which we were really pleased with for our first year to get that amount of engagement to hear from folks. And we heard from 215 roles um, from St. Catharines and 131 from Vineland and 80 from our Welland location. Yeah, so pretty proportional response from each location, which is cool. And uh, I mean, first things first, let's just say thanks to everyone who did engage in this because this has given us some really helpful data to go with. And like you said, we're in that statistical average. For me, I was struck just by the number of surveys we sent out, 1,270 mm-hmm. surveys, great. you know, or 1,270 people we encouraged to take the survey. Uh, that That's that's a significant uh, volunteer core. And if anyone thought that this was just a, a staff-driven ministry, I hope that number kind of grips you and you realize again that around here, the work of God is done by the people of God. They're just equipped and supported through staff whose time is freed up to do that. So, So uh, very cool statistic in my mind. Uh, You go to page three and it kind of gives us the bottom, bottom line on how we scored. Walk us through how to process this. Yeah, so they have different categories of based on the score ranges and 4.00 is healthy and 4.25 would be and above that would be considered a flourishing um, volunteer culture. And so for our first year, we're really pleased that our churchwide scored 4.33 overall. So uh, that's... A fantastic score for the first time at this. Um, we're really pleased with that. Yeah, and just to give some context, uh, again, below 4.00, they consider toxic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we did this, we've done this seven years now as a staff, 4.00 was our first staff score. And then the second year, we were 4.20. The third year, we were 4.32. And the fourth year, we were 4.52. So as a volunteer corps, we're landing in year one, uh, above where we were after three years of this survey as a staff, which was really encouraging to us. At the same time, you'll see this little asterisk that says average volunteer score 446. And so now it's like, whoa, are we below average? Are we 
you know, uh, crappy compared to other churches or help us understand some of the nuance of that. Cause I think some, some backstory on that was helpful. Yeah, for sure. When I saw that, I was like, Oh, we're below. I don't love that. But when we heard from our consultant, she said like, this is a newer survey for BCWI to do with volunteers. And they have nine organizations right now that use it as a volunteer survey. So to know that we're like the 10th basically. So it's a smaller group of folks. And one of the churches is a good percentage of like, it's like 6,000 people or something like that of the overall number. So just to realize that um, it is newer and um, compared to some of these other organizations that um, we're doing all right, especially this is in our first year that this is our score that, like you said, as a staff, sometimes we're starting at four and moving forward. If we're starting from a 4.33 in flourishing, we feel good about that and and look forward to to going. Yeah, nine other churches, 7,500 other people that we're comparing this data to. And most of those churches are in their multiple year over year uh, experience of this. This is our year one. And uh, like you said, 6,000 of those 7,500 are from one uh, kind of mega church. And so uh, we were encouraged by that. We were at first, we, we don't like losing to other right. churches. No, but, we do not. Uh, it, it was, it was uh, encouraging data to process. Couple other summaries. Uh, slide number four gives us a location breakdown. You want to walk us through that? Yeah. So each location um, has their scores shown there. So 4.33 for St. Catharines and 4.3 for Vineland and 4.4 for Welland. And so the consultant said, like basically, St. Catharines and Vineland being like 0.03 apart, they're based. They're relatively like considered statistically the same score. Welland would be with the 10%, the 0.10 difference there would be considered statistically different um, compared to the St. Catharines and Vineland responses. But she also mentioned that being the smallest pool of numbers with 80 responses, that also affects the differential. So overall, we're basically our numbers are the same across our church. Um, That just the factor of the number of people that reply by each location when it is that small of a number, it skews it a bit. Yeah, but by the time you're getting a tenth of a point or more separation there there is a bit of a statistical difference and it's it's worth saying because we've experienced this now in the seven years that we've done this with our staff like these numbers gang aren't just numbers these numbers actually translate into a palpable feel of ministry life you and i have both been part of meetings in under 4.00 cultures we know what that feels like we've been part of hallway conversations that are you know 410 or 420 we've been at retreats that are over 450 and uh, you can feel the difference in these numbers and so uh, know that this isn't just a statistical analysis here uh, by some number crunchers this is these are summaries that translate into palpable feel in the real world of our life at at Southridge so there is some significance behind this Uh, Slide number five uh, was encouraging to me. Help me understand that. So, yeah, so it talks about the different categories. The three that they talk about there is to engage is that people who are scoring over 3.99. So uh, we have 76% of people in that engaged category, which is fantastic. The target for BCWI, they say, is 80.5. So we'd love to move a few more people into this category. Um, The 22.5 folks are in the neutral category, so they're between 2.2 and 3.98, and likely some of this um, have concerns maybe of areas of where they're serving folks who are in this category, so we really hope to address some of the concerns of these folks in order to move them to a place where they feel engaged in what they're doing around here at Southridge. 
And for the disengaged, we're at 1%, and the target or the average usually is 2.1. So we feel really good about that, that we're below the average of people who are disengaged and would really hope to um, move some of these folks or hear from them to help us encourage our experience. Because we don't want anyone to feel that they're disengaged when they're serving at here. We want them to be feeling great about it. Yeah, I mean, we definitely want that number to be zero. But that, that number was half of the statistical average was actually very encouraging yes, to me. Yes, I agree. And uh, so we'll keep working on that, but I, I feel like that was that was good news as well. Uh, you talked about flourishing, and uh, the reason BCWI uses this term is because if you look at slide six, they actually have what they call a flourish model, and they use this acronym. Uh, Kath, walk us through the features of what this acronym means, and then we're gonna get into another slide that takes us to a whole nother level. Okay, so the F stands for fantastic team, so it's talking about working together effectively, striving for excellence in their work. Life-giving work is the L, Um, it's talking about that their work is important, that people are able to use their skills and gifts, know what's expected to them, and that results in them loving the volunteering that they do. An outstanding talent um, is about recruiting and retaining high quality talent in the volunteers that we have. And the U is uplifting growth. Uh, we re- People feel that they receive the training that they need and that their ministry leader cares about them as a person. Rewarding recognition is that people feel that their contribution is appreciated and acknowledged. The idea of do you need me and do you value me? The inspirational leadership talks about that there's authenticity in the leaders of their Christian faith and action, that they exhibit humility and compassion, they're transparent, and they create a high level of trust in the teams and the people that they serve. Sustainable strategy, it talks about, um, it's an effective strategy for meeting the needs of those that we serve. People feel that we have an effective strategy for that, and that there is consensus around the goals and strategies of the church, and people know how their contribution helps us to, to meet those goals. And the healthy communication is talks about that this is active communication, that they feel their suggestions are listened to and acted upon, and that they receive the information that they need in a timely manner in order to serve in their roles. Yeah, this has been profoundly helpful for us in the years that we have worked through as a staff, because to just have an overall number is one thing, but to know, you know, what what makes a culture good or what affects the health of a culture uh, requires a little more specificity than that. And so this flourish model that breaks it down into actually eight subcategories or contributors uh, to a healthy workplace environment uh, has been very helpful for us, which leads us then to to slide number seven. It's super confusing, but once you kind of grasp it, 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 it actually is pretty cool. So uh, help us understand what these colored balls mean yes so each of the factors that are listed of the flourish model there they're weighted by bcwi so those are the numbers in the brackets behind each of the words so they're weighted and they're used to um, calculate um, the overall engagement as they run their algorithms and things like that so this is over years of bcwi experience in corporate in church in nonprofit. so the, the point is not every one of those flourish model factors actually contributes equally to overall right. uh, workplace health or employer, in this case, volunteer engagement. They they are weighted a little bit. So the size of the ball is yes. the, the relative weighting. The bigger uh, the ball, the, the, uh, the more significant it contributes to overall culture. 
Yeah, and also the the size of that, but also then from the top to the bottom, they kind of go in order of the score of 18 and 12 and so on. So if you go down from top to bottom, they're ranked in height there as well based on their weighting. And then if you look at from uh, the bottom, it says most positive and least positive. So then from right to left, you're looking at how we scored on those as Southridge. So it talks about that and then it's listed as well on the light, the left side of like the top three, our middle three and our bottom, right. sorry, our middle two and our bottom three. So it shows us kind of where we landed and how that displays visually based on the weighting. Yeah. And so you'll see there like by far uh, our uh, highest scoring category the furthest to the right is this one way out there called outstanding talent the recruitment and retention of great people not surprising um and then kind of our weakest then would be the most to the left is probably the one on fantastic teams feeling like we work well together uh which is also interesting to kind of evaluate and get under the hood so you can stare at that uh for a moment and uh, i think that kind of gives us the intro to some of the specifics then that we can walk through to find out kind of a little more detail on the good, bad, and ugly on how we scored in this year one survey. Uh, on slide eight then, and slide eight and nine kind of work together, um, what they provide is what BCWI, BCWI calls a relative top and bottom 10. What do they mean by a relative top and bottom 10? So by relative, they mean, you'll see on the right-hand side, it says versus average, and then there's negatives there. So what that means is where did we score versus the average from the nine other organizations on these each of these questions? So it talks about those and then gives us our relative top and relative bottom with those scores on the right. Yeah, so it's not it's not that the, the, the number one rank, which is question six, my ministry retains highly capable people. It's not that that was our highest raw score. Right. It may not have been our highest raw score, but compared to all these other organizations, it disproportionately scores the relative highest. And so it it, it helps us from a comparative sense to know, because there are some trends among organizations that generally score better on some things than others. And so it's 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 actually more helpful to observe the relative scoring versus the absolute raw scoring to think about how well you're actually doing. Now, in this relative top 10, uh, there there are some things to highlight here. And uh, I see two number ones within these top kind of six or so. What what does that refer to? So our relative, the bottom 10 there. Oh, sorry. The top 10 is the other one. The number one would be our best score compared to the others. So if we say my ministry retains highly capable people, we're only minus 0.03. So that would be... Compared to the others, this would be our top. Yeah, which we knew that was there. part yes. of the outstanding talent. Yes, exactly. I'm also yeah, noticing, if you look over on the left, I'm noticing two uh, kind of category ones. Question 11, this ministry is well run. And then question 10, my ministry leader exhibits the fruit of the spirit. Combined here, what this says is in our relative top 10, there are actually two uh two questions or two categories from that inspirational leadership category, which is also a strength. Mm-hmm. And so uh, just to appreciate what what where some of our strengths land, I think the other thing I was encouraged by here is in the relative top 10, you'll see on the very left, um, you know, only threes, twos, and ones are really being uh, specified there, which means some of the categories that matter most are actually part of our relative top 10. That's good news, I guess. Bottom line, that's right. good news. Yeah, that's when you compare that to slide number nine, which shows us our relative bottom 10, 
uh, you kind of see some of the opposite where you see a couple in category four, right? Uh, category four is that one about sustainable strategy. And you see a few of those uh, included there and it kind of makes you uh, want to ask some questions about our, our strategy. But for sure, uh, the there are less important factors to workplace engagement in our bottom 10 than there are in our top 10, which is good. Um, there's a there's one here in our bottom 10, uh, Kath, that's really like the the absolute worst score relative to other organizations. And that's uh, question 19. I often find myself so absorbed in the work I get to do with my ministry that I lose track of time. That was such an outlier for us. Can you comment on some of the things that the consultant felt on that? Yeah, she said the first thing she said is that there may be even confusion around what this question means. Because a lot of the volunteer roles that we have or that people would have, it's time bound. So you're coming to serve during the 9 a.m. service or you have a shift at the shelter that's from two till four. or You're preparing for a meal or you have there are a lot of time bound. So the idea of being lost in time here is not something that even people would think in that way. Even around here, I'd say people think that that's maybe actually mismanagement of their time that they haven't focused on their task well so I think it's confusing even what the question was trying to get at so people weren't even sure how to answer it yeah or people just can't wait for their volunteer shift to end that's right they're they're watching the time they're watching the time so we, we we would need to kind of focus group and get a bit of feedback on that one because it's such an outlier she called it a tank level score yes yes we tanked on that one and and, uh, need to pay some attention to it Uh, When you get to slides 10 and 11, then all these are are the raw scores. So on the right, it compares it to the average and what our deviation from the average was. But it'll walk you through all of the raw scores. And again, I would say that there is statistical difference in the feel of certain things uh, once you get one or two tenths apart. So, you know, if you look at question three, I feel the work I do is important. We scored 460. If you look at question seven, I received the training needed to carry out my current assignment. We scored 418. Those are very different just in people's raw experience of those. And so uh, you you can see, again, related to these themes in the Flourish model uh, on slides 10 and 11, how we scored in a, a just a raw score way and some of the differentials, some of our high points and some of our some of our low points. Uh, anything, Kath, that you'd want to kind of highlight there based on what our consultant had provided us? I think she'd say like we're committed to excellence that people know what's expected of them. So there's some great things in that regard of what people feel like and that in a Christ-like way is the way that they're led. So that's some things that we can feel really great about. And I think some of the struggles are um, maybe around some training or that people kind of know what they need and are clear about that. So we would hope to um, address that. And even I would look at like question 12, where the score is, is quite low, it's circled there. And just even realizing back to the strategy thing of tying back people's roles and what they do on a volunteer shift or on a kind of week to week basis and how it ties back to that big picture impact. I yeah, think we could question, clarify some of that. Question 12, it's got that circle on the slide. Uh, it's almost a part of sustainable strategy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because and we didn't do well in sustainable strategy. Uh, the ministry has an effective strategy. The quality of, pro, the quality of programs uh, satisfy those we serve. And then you add question 12, our ministry has improved. She felt like there's, there's a sense that uh, our ministries are not as effective as people uh, think they are, or 
that we're not as clear on how these ministries link to the overall objectives and purpose of the church, right? The fostering a lifestyle of full devotion and inspiration, connection, action through families and so on. And so uh, there's there's a few different angles that we could uh, clarify on and work on in order to improve those. So uh, there's there's definitely some uh, gleanable details in, in these couple slides. The next section uh, kind of summarizes what was like, 40 pages of open-ended comments. And you've got to know as members that not only do we read all these open-ended comments, uh, we forward them to the to the staff, we forward them to the board. And so everybody sees these in, in, in transparent accountability, uh, regardless of what people say. And, and I would say generally they were positive, but walk us through slides, uh, I believe it's 12 and 13, that just kind of summarize the things people love and maybe some challenges regarding open-ended comments. So yeah, it's listed like it says the people so that people feel like the volunteers that they serve with, the staff that lead them, as it talks about in leadership, are friendly, talented, respectful, that they feel that they're appreciated and that their leaders are available to them. And that the ministry itself, for the most part, they have fun. They feel or, that we're organized. And she said that organized was a, u- a unique positive for us compared to other churches that people feel like when they show up, for the most part, they're organized, that things and the resourcing that they need is there. And that at, when they volunteer in their role, that they are making a difference through the the um, role that they're serving in that time. They may not be clear on how it connects to the overall strategy, but they do feel like at, during the time of their shift or whatever, volunteering, they are making a difference. Yeah, so they that feel is that great. The contribution definitely makes a difference. They don't know how much difference it makes in the overall church. Right, exactly. Is the difference. Yes. Um, which those are good things to be good at. And uh, they're gleaning that from kind of summarizing all of the pages of open-ended comments that people provided. Uh, when you look at some recommendations, walk us through these because these were very helpful. And yeah, they were very helpful. And what was super helpful for me and the consultants um, comments was that all the challenging feedback that was, was worded positively. That there was a no spirit of complaint or neg- negativity that they could sense through the comments, so that was even helpful just to frame how these this feedback. Comes yeah, I know through. in the in the staff uh, survey, the the open ended comments can be a bit of an airing of grievances. And uh, members, you got to know the the spirit in which people engaged in this was was very gracious and positive, and uh, was a really encouraging sign of the culture that we're enjoying right now. So some of the challenges and things that we could work on um, is about training and development that people would want training, not only on skills, but on leadership. So those who lead teams or even just on skills for themselves in their personal lives around leadership on a more regular basis so they could use that in their role. Some about, about the training that we do offer, that they appreciated it, but more consistently and maybe at different times was due to their schedules and availability. Could we offer the same training at a few different options that people could choose a time slot that works for their availability? And even for people who are newer in their role, just discipleship around that as they're coming into a role and making sure that they feel a bit more supported as they're um, doing that. And for community, um, they talked about more devoted time together. So it wasn't as much, she said, no more, like you don't need more ice cream socials or pizza parties or things like that, but actually more meaningful connection. So that's what that was. Yeah, and as then, a team with people you yes, serve, serve with. with. Right? Yes, exactly. And just adding more volunteers to help with the load and to maybe some of yeah, the- Yeah, not surprising. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not surprising. That's always a request probably. And so prepara- preparation and planning, so that people feel like when they show up that there was a plan and that it's prepared for them so that they know what they're supposed to do when they show up. 
and communication was around if there's plans or schedules or even changes, we're okay with the changes, but give um, well in advance so that people feel like they can prepare what they need to before they show up to um, in, like implement the change that has been made. Yeah, yeah. And this, I mean, when you talk about how to improve, we've said with the staff survey, you know, we've often taken a bottleneck approach, meaning, you know, let's look at the things that we do the worst and really attack those, try to improve those so that the next year, whatever's our worst is a new worst. That what was our worst isn't our worst anymore. And by by definition, then your score kind of goes up and the experience goes up. So this slide and some of what it captures is very significant to us uh, as far as our action planning for next year. Uh, for curiosity, uh, slides 14 and 15 get into a bit more demographic detail, kind of some examples of how this breaks down. We, we have greater detail, obviously, in the reports that we've received, but they, they summarized a, a couple things that, that were curious uh, demographically. Uh, Kath, highlight some of those for us. So a great thing was that there's equal score basically between men and women so that the experience of both men and women as they show up to serve is the same. So that's fantastic. Um, there was a lower score for the age of 18 to 29. And so it's, what she said was that volunteers, the people in this at this group category, age category, can't necessarily connect their role to the significance of the church or the overall goal. So that was something that she specifically for this age group that she highlighted for us. Yeah, you'll see on the bottom of that slide, the graphic that says in the age 18 to 29 category, question three, I feel the work I do is important, is actually 42 points below the rest of our church. That it's, you know, a real statistic kind of outlier there. And uh, so there's, there's certainly a sense of, ensuring or uh, helping support the the significance of the work that millennials are doing around here so that they feel like what they're doing isn't just token. Right. So then she also talked about um, the longer that somebody serves, the less engaged that they feel. Yes. And this doesn't have to do with age of the person, but the length of time that somebody has served. She said it kind of maybe feels like instead of co-leading along with the people on their team or even with the people who lead them, that they're feeling a bit left behind and maybe a bit of an on an island. So we definitely want to get into that and figure out what we can do to make sure folks who are serving here for a long amount of time still feel the support and a part of the team. Yeah, this was interesting because in their experience, they would say that these tenured numbers uh, kind of follow a bit of an inverse bell curve where you start off and your score is kind of high because you're just enamored and excited with the newness. Then it kind of drifts into reality. And now you know that there's good and bad and ugly uh, related to your ministry. But, you know, at at some point, you know, five, 10 and, you know, 15 years or longer, you really start to gain traction and, and become kind of an owner of that, that ministry area. And uh, I guess their surprise was that that wasn't happening around here. That the inverse bell curve was just kind of a slow fade uh, all along. And that, that would be a cause of concern for us. So it might involve for individual ministries to do some focus grouping with their more long tenured uh, volunteers and find out how they can, you know, maybe provide more responsibility or allow them to have a greater influence or what it would take to make their contribution uh, more significant. Very good. Uh, So many more uh, demographic slides. I'm looking at slide 15 here. Uh, Go to slide 16 then. 
And uh, let's get to some bottom line. There's there's 30 slides in this presentation, but in the interest of time, we're going to kind of wrap things up uh, closer to slide 16 and 17. Um, basically, they said, we've got some areas of strength and some areas that we can focus on to improve. And this was really the 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 place that we wanted to land because it, it'll focus our action planning, I think, around these. Uh, walk us through their thinking as far as Southridge is concerned. So the great news is that we have fantastic and highly qualified people who feel recognized for their contributions. So we feel great about that from a volunteer experience perspective and that the leaders demonstrate a well-run ministry and they're able to present simplicity. She said even sometimes if it can get um, more uh, difficult or whatever, or a lot of difficult information to explain in the background that they, we present simply so that people are clear on things. And while the leaders also do this with a Christ-like integrity, so that's fantastic. And where we can grow is to fill in the why for people, to connect their contribution of each individual to the strategic vision of, and the goals of the church. And as I said before, training on leadership and not just skills is what people would hope for. And this greater sense of teamwork among the teams, though we have outstanding talent, the fantastic teams this summer, we could gain some ground here, but working together more and the meaningful connection around the people who serve together. And also she talked about with communication that there's so many ways to communicate nowadays, but people use various ones. So we need to not just decide on one, but maybe find two or three in order to meet the needs of the people in the teams that we serve. So it's either focus grouping or checking in with the team that you serve to figure out if email or paper copy or whatever, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, what is the best way for that team of people to receive the information that they need? Yeah, I would say that this slide 17 is probably the most valuable slide in the whole presentation, right? Mm -hmm. To say, you know what, in our context, given our strengths and struggles, if you help with clarity of alignment and the way that ministries contribute to us becoming a better church, up the training game, uh, you talked about the fostering connection, not just as an overall church. That's important, right? We, we've kind of created this dynamic where we socialize as a big church, but we do work as a ministry. And they were looking for that intermediate of, you know what, could we socialize and get to know each other as a ministry? Again, kind of a blind spot, very significant, and just over communicate. I mean, that's not a surprise, but at the same time, it's, it's an area that we can work on. This slide provides a, a lot of value. We could go on. Uh, there's, there's, you know, other sample team snapshots, and then there's detail as you move on uh, by location and by ministry. If you're curious to see some of that, uh, that data, um, one of the slides at the very end that's interesting, slides 29 and 30, are the comparison between the flourish model drivers in our volunteer survey and the flourish model drivers in our staff survey. And just to see the similarities and the differences, you know, we score the highest in our volunteer survey in the category of outstanding talent. Uh, we also score the highest in our staff survey uh, when it comes to outstanding talent. And similarly, our weakest feature in our volunteer survey was this dynamic of fa fantastic teams. That's also our weakest when it comes to our staff survey. So, uh, at some level, the apple isn't falling far from the tree, I guess. Right. Um, question for me, though, as as we wrap up the, the survey analysis is kind of where do we go from here? What happens now that we have this data? Does it just get filed on a shelf or what's the process from here? 
Definitely not filed on a shelf. As you mentioned, there's team snapshots and more detailed information. So as each um, department area, we'll look at the results specific for our area of ministry to determine what are the next steps to help address the volunteer experience and improve it for the people who serve on the teams that we lead. So that would definitely be um, something that the departments will be working on over the summer, looking to the fall to include some of those things in our work plans and things that we'll be doing um, come the fall for our teams. Yeah, these reports, just so everyone knows, this PowerPoint presentation is a summary. I mentioned, you know, there's 30 or 40 pages of just the open-ended comments. The actual comprehensive report that we receive is 44 pages. Mm -hmm. So you need to know every department gets a breakdown. Every ministry that was surveyed in their category gets a breakdown. And every ministry lead uh, as well as every department of ministry leaders is going to face the reality testing of the survey for themselves and kind of do the sub analysis of what the good, bad and ugly is uh, in their worlds so that uh, they can incorporate that into their work planning. And we've got kind of a work planning rhythm uh, that goes along here, gives a bit of a description of what's going to happen over the summer as that develops. So each, like you said, the department as teams, people will do it, even as individuals will then develop based on the results, look at um, the specific ones more for their team to kind of know where are the scores for their team, not just overall as a church, but for the people that they lead where they are and hope to address some of those areas of concern and put them into practical steps of things that they can be doing over the next ministry year in order to help um, improve the experience of the teams that they lead. Yeah, every staff member and ministry leader has what we call a work plan or a rally cry for the year. And because the staff role uh, is so commonly to equip the saints for ministry, to equip, support, envision, develop, train uh, the, the volunteers in their ministry area, uh, the contribution that this survey can make in the specificity of what those work plans and rally cries can look like in relation to how they'll equip their people better, uh, I think is going to be profoundly helpful this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing all that integrated. Um, as far as our members are concerned, Kath, what, what can members do with this if they're interested to know more or kind of passionate about this kind of stuff? Yeah, you have the PowerPoint presentation there. So go ahead and, and look through that data and information um, as much as you want to. If you have questions or things that you'd like further clarity on, um, reach out to your ministry leader or the staff uh, member at your location. And um, we love to chat about this stuff and would get together with you to discuss any questions or receive your feedback. Just we would love for you to engage and be as involved as you would want to be. Yeah, I would say if you're super, super passionate about this and you want to see like all the detail, uh, this isn't hidden information. And so if you want, email Kathy or myself. Uh, you could just reply to the email that uh, notified you about the podcast if you want. And uh, I'll send you the, the PDFs and you can kind of comb through it and have at her and uh, let us know what you think. The other thing that the BCWI consultant mentioned is at a, at a volunteer level, the idea of champions that maybe there are some people who feel so strongly about certain aspects of our workplace culture that they'd like to become champions of this or maybe assemble a group that would like to become champions of this, whether it's champions of communication or, you know, socializing in a certain ministry area or whatever, some of those uh, areas of improvement. Uh, so there would be room to become a champion in this if you wanted. And again, you'd probably talk to your ministry team leader about that as it could improve the quality of your of your uh, your ministry experience. Yeah, and even she had said too, like, like Jeff, 
have said, give me a call or give him a call. I've even championed for overall as a church, where rather than reinventing the wheel in each team, if there's a champion around certain things, can we use that person's skills to kind of help implement some things maybe various teams could use the same strategy rather than having each team do that. So that could be an option too. But yeah, yeah we'd love to chat with you. That's for yeah, sure. Especially because some of the some of the requests for were for like training and leadership development, yes. right? That could be common to everybody, yes. not necessarily specific yeah. to any one ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, Kath, wrapping this up, this is year one uh, of a longer term journey of growing in our volunteer engagement uh, as a staff member, not just as the person who's been qu- quarterbacking the logistics of this, but just as a, as a participant on our staff through the seven years of experience with this. Um, what have you seen God do that you can encourage our members to be excited about as we look to the future of seeing this take root at a volunteer level? I would say what I have seen God do personally in my experience as a staff person is just the care for me as a person and for us as people. Like Jeff is, it's true in saying that this information is available to anybody. We read this, our elders read this, leadership reads this. We care. And I have experienced that as a staff person. I feel that care. So I have just seen God do that in just as a practical way. We know that people care about one another in the body of Christ. We as fellow believers, but just to practically receive the care from the people who lead me as a staff person has been fantastic. I feel like on my end, um, what excites me about this is, I've said this in a few different environments, you can't fake dealing with this, right? You can't fake this. This is, this is raw, honest data. You know, the facts are your friends, good, bad, or ugly, and you can't fake improving this stuff. The cool part is what this actually requires is the inside out transformation of people and leaders and teams and ultimately communities, which is the work of the kingdom of God. That's the transformational work that Jesus wants to do. And what's been so cool that over the seven years I've been able to see in our staff context is the way that God supernaturally and so profoundly starts to work in us that enables him to supernaturally and profoundly work through us to a greater degree. This actually strengthens the church we can be in the community because it starts with us and it looks at God bringing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven and his will being done in our lives before it looks at how we bring this to a lost and broken world. And so the first things first, let God do a work in us is is really significant here. And uh, I'm excited to see us as members and as ministry teams across all of our locations and departments really engage in this. So Kath, thanks for driving this uh, on our behalf and driving the logistics of this. We're going to look forward not only to the results of how this plays out, but then the results next year that we can celebrate. And uh, gang, this is part of the journey that we're on and we're thankful that you're on it too as we continue finding our way. Take care, everyone.